Joel, you want to know something? What? Every now and then, say what the f What the f gives you freedom? Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. If you can't say it, you can't do it. Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. Today's episode is a sample lesson from my ASA 103 series. This is my audiobook, Sailing, Learn to Sail, Basic Coastal Cruising, Lessons for the ASA 103 exam. The full series is 19 lessons, and it's over 9 hours of length. And this is just one random lesson that I decided to share with you from that series of lessons. Now, I can't teach you to sail, but I can help you prepare mentally for the written portion of the examination. All right, let's get on to the episode. This is Basic Coastal Cruising, lesson number five. In the last lesson, we were attempting to answer the question, obtain and interpret marine weather information, describe the impact that present observations and forecasts may have on sailing plans for the next six to 12 hours. Now, I went into great detail about where you're going to get weather information and OAA is a primary place that the ASA seems to think you should look at, but I also like passage weather. And I also like the grib charts that we talked about. Well, once I know where the wind is going to be blowing from, or where the forecast of the wind is going to be blowing from, then that allows me to plan my day. And there's been many times when I've been sailing when I know, well when I predict or when the weather forecast predicts that the wind will be shifting throughout the day, either clocking or backing. And it depends on where my destination is, what my plans are going to be. So this is one of those open-ended questions. And it would be better asked if they gave you a specific weather forecast and said, all right, tell me what you're going to do. What's your sail plan for the day? But basically what I do is I'm looking at the weather forecast and what I'm looking at, as I've told you before, is primarily the wind forecast, the speed and direction that the wind is predicted to be coming from for the day. Now, of course, if it's going to be thunderstorms, I may not even go out. But if it's going to be a nice day of sailing, or if there's going to be very light winds, I may end up motoring all day long. But let's just assume that there's going to be some wind during the day. And let's assume that I'm trying to get to a specific location. Well, as I'm planning out my day, I will look at where the wind is predicted to come from at different times of the day and how that works into my ultimate destination. And what I'm always trying to achieve is to achieve a broad reach, a very comfortable point of sail, a beam reach or a broad reach. That's a comfortable point of sail and it's a fast point of sail even in relatively light winds. If I can try to achieve that, that's what I go for. That's what I do. And even if that involves motoring in a specific direction for a while, what I have done is if I know the wind is going to be coming up in the afternoon and I know the direction of the wind, then I will 
possibly point in a direction of where I'm not necessarily trying to go in anticipation of the wind coming up in the afternoon and being able to use the wind to my advantage in the afternoon and have a comfortable sail. In other words, a broad reach or a beam reach sail at that point in time. Let me just give you a quick example of how I use this and how I have used this in the past. I've sailed a lot in Greece and on the western side of the Greece it's called the Ionians. It's part of the Adriatic. The Adriatic, as long as there's not a major weather front coming through, at least in the Ionian Islands, has a very predictable daily weather pattern. Starts out in the morning with virtually no wind or just a, a zephyr or two. Just very, very light winds or no wind. And depending on where I want to go, I will take advantage of that. Quite often, that's the time when I'm going to be heading north. So I will usually start my engine, motor north, and I may be going to different islands, but that's to the northern part. As the day goes on, ever so lightly, the wind starts building up from the north slowly at first and then by the afternoon it's blowing a, a very strong breeze from the north and at that point in time I'm usually trying to go east or west or I may even turn around and come back south but I'm using the wind in that case I'm not fighting the wind I'm not beating against the wind I will take advantage of the wind and try to get on a downwind broad reach or beam reach run that's how I plan out my days now when I'm doing a long passage from one point to another and the wind is predicted to come up later on from a specific direction, I will plan my route accordingly. So this is one of those questions that it's hard to answer except try to use the wind to your benefit. And like I say, in the Ionians on the western side of Greece, the wind is very predictable as long as there's not a major, a major front, a low coming through or a major weather event coming through. Light in the morning, strong in the afternoon, from the north. The only time you see winds from the south is when you have some sort of a weather situation coming through, a low coming through, or a high coming through, but the highs are very light winds as a general rule, and the lows can create strong winds. That's enough on that question. Let's move on to the next question. Describe and identify cumulonimbus clouds and what dangers they may signify. Well, cumulonimbus clouds are big cauliflower type clouds. They start out as cumulus clouds, just the puffy clouds, cotton ball clouds that are going across the, the sky, beautiful clouds. And then they start gathering together or they may just start growing. And when they grow vertically, they become cumulonimbus clouds. These are the forebearer of thunderstorms and bad weather. They gather a lot of water vapor. They can produce hail. They can produce bad weather events. On a weather chart, cumulonimbus clouds are abbreviated as CB, large C and lowercase b. They can provide very strong upward currents. They can be alone, just a lone cumulonimbus cloud, and you may be seeing rain below that cloud, or they can gather together and create a full-on cold front squall line. They're capable of producing lightning, gusts, hail, and occasionally tornadoes, or 
on the water, you might see water spouts. Fortunately, in my case, there's only been two times I've seen water spouts. Both times were in northern Croatia. And in fact, one of the islands I went by in northern Croatia had been absolutely devastated when a water spout came through. Now, of course, a water spout is basically a tornado on the water. So when you see these approaching you, what do you do? You prepare for the worst case scenario. You batten down the hatches. You make sure all your gear is secure. You would reduce sail. You might even take all sail down. In spite of that, you might be surprised at the strength and ferocity of the wind if you happen to sail into the base of one of these cumulonimbus clouds. Now, tell you a story. I was sailing across the Atlantic. I was about four days out of the Azores. We'd had a lot of bad weather. A lot of lows had come through all the way across on our passage, so we were used to reducing sail. But this was a whole line of cumulonimbus clouds and all black, 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 black. The most ominous weather pattern I'd ever seen. It was approaching us, and we looked at this, and we said, well, let's, let's heave two. We haven't talked about heaving two, but heaving two is basically the backwinding of your, in my case, the staysail, the smallest, the smallest foresail on the boat, and tightening up the main as tight as you can with a reduced main. In other words, I had three reefs in my main. The idea of this is basically you stop your forward motion in the boat. The waves are just moving under your boat. And you can ride out bad weather situations just sitting hove to. You're not really making way. You're just, you're just waiting for the weather to pass. So we hove to. We got ready for it. And when it hit us, it hit us with so much ferocity that it knocked the boat totally on its side. I hadn't anticipated the direction that the wind was going to come out, and my boat could not turn into the wind fast enough, so it just knocked us flat. It knocked us basically 90 degrees to the water. The water started coming up into the cockpit, and we were down below, just looking out the cockpit hatch, looking at this pattern coming at us. We weren't in the cockpit because we thought, well, let's just ride it out. Well, we got knocked over. We jumped up. We released the sheets so the sails could fly free. One of my crew members went to the bow of the boat and I, we pulled down all sail, took all sail down so we were under bare poles. And even under bare poles, we were being heeled over at about a 45 degree angle just under bare poles. Very, very strong winds. I would yell as loud as I could at the back of the boat and the man at the front of the boat couldn't hear me and that was only 28 feet away. What I've noticed in these very strong winds is, is the screaming of the wind is, is terrifying. Almost worse than the actual wind, but the noise that the wind creates is, is terrifying. I've found if I put on a headset that blocks out the wind, ear mufflers, that it's much more comfortable. It's the noise that is very terrifying to me, at least, in these strong winds. Well, what we, we didn't know how long this storm was going to last. would reduce sail all the way. And the interesting thing, when this particular weather hit us, it had the effect of actually flattening the seas. We had probably 10-foot seas, 
15-foot seas coming through at the time, it actually flattened the seas. But we knew if it lasted very long, the seas would build up to be dangerous seas. We had a parachute drogue, which we haven't talked about yet, but basically it's a drogue, and there's various types of drogues that you might have in the boat, that we threw off the bow of the boat. It's like a parachute in the water. It just basically keeps your bow of the boat pointed into the wind. We took the drogue out, we tied it up, and then we went below and waited for this weather to pass. Less than 45 minutes later, it had passed. The wind died down to pretty much just an average breeze. We retrieved the drogue, we put up the sails, and we continued on our way. Fortunately, this was a a short duration storm, and that's usually what you will see with these type of cumulonimbus clouds. They may be extremely violent, but they may be relatively short. You will find you'll sail in and out of squalls in the South Pacific, for instance, the tropics. You'll see these cumulonimbus clouds grow, build up, release rain, create a lot of wind, and then they go away. These are called squall lines. So that's what cumulonimbus clouds are, and that's how I've dealt with them in the past. The peaks of these clouds can get up to around 20,000 feet, and in some cases they've been actually measured at 75,000 feet. You'll sometimes see an anvil-like shape at the very top of it, they can create a lot of wind shear. I remember flying from Chicago across the country one time, and the plane could not get high enough to get above these cumulonimbus clouds. There must have been a big front. We basically flew between various cumulonimbus clouds on the way back, and you could see lightning inside these clouds as we flew by them. Very impressive clouds. All right, let's talk about the various warnings you will get in a weather forecast. And what they really want you to know is what is a small craft advisory and a gale warning and what precautions you should take for each. Well, let's go right to the NOAA website and read you the definitions of what they call a gale warning and a small craft advisory. And there's actually a lot more terms that they talk about. And this is, I'm going to read this directly from the website because I think it explains it quite well. The Small Craft Advisory, and they abbreviate that, SCA, is an advisory issued by Coastal and Great Lakes Weather Forecasts for areas included in the coastal waters of nearshore marine forecast products. Thresholds governing the issuance of small craft advisories are specific to the geographic area. A small craft advisory may be issued when sea or lake ice exists that could be hazardous to small boats. There is no precise definition of a small craft. Any vessel that may be adversely affected by a small craft advisory criteria should be considered a small craft. In other words, you have to determine for yourself whether you consider your boat a small craft or not. And other considerations include the experience of the vessel operator, and the type, overall size, and seaworthiness of the vessel. The Eastern Small Craft Advisories, Lake Erie, Lake Ontario, Maine to South Carolina, is considered sustained winds or frequent gusts ranging between 25 and 33 knots, but it may be as low as 20 to 25 knots as well. 
and seas or waves five to seven feet and greater. In the central, which is Minnesota to Ohio, sustained winds or frequent gusts on the Great Lakes between 22 and 33 knots and seas or waves greater than four feet. Southern small craft advisory, that would be from Georgia to Texas and the Caribbean, sustained winds of 20 to 33 knots and sea forecast of seven feet or greater that are expected for more than two hours. The western, which is from Washington to California, sustained winds of 21 to 33 knots and wave heights exceeding 10 feet. And wave heights exceeding 10 feet. In Alaska, sustained winds or frequent gusts of 23 to 33 knots and a small craft advisory for rough seas may be issued for sea wave conditions deemed locally significant based on other needs and should be no lower than 8 feet. In Alaska, you get very high currents caused by the tides. If the wind is blowing against the current, even though the wind may not be very high, it can build up significant seas and dangerous seas in those conditions. All right, Pacific and that's the Hawaii Guam area, sustained winds of 25 knots or greater and seas of 10 feet or greater, except in Guam and other northern Mariana Islands where it is sustained winds of 22 to 33 knots and or combined seas of 10 feet or greater. They also have brisk wind advisories. You're not expected to know that. They have gale warnings. And it doesn't appear that gale warns are geographic specific. Small craft advisories are, but gale warnings have a standard definition. A warning of sustained surface winds or frequent gusts in the range of 34 knots, and that's 39 miles per hour, by the way, to 47 knots, which would be 54 miles an hour. Either predicted or oncurring and not directly associated with a tropical cyclone. So these are just wind conditions by themselves. Let's go to the next one. So you have small craft advisories and you have gale winds. So actually you have a brisk wind advisory. And that's really only for ice-covered waters. Then you have, so let's go from small craft advisory to gale warning to storm warning. And a storm warning is a warning of sustained surface winds or frequent gusts in the range of 48 knots. So right at the tail end of the gale warning. 263 knots, so that's 55 miles an hour to 73 miles per hour, inclusive, either predicted or oncurring, and not directly associated with a tropical cyclone. Again, so this is just a regular storm, not a cyclone. Then you have tropical storm warnings. Now this is more than you need to know. They're only asking you for gale warnings and small craft advisories. Now you know that. This is just additional information that you're going to probably need for the next examination. The tropical storm warning sustained winds of 39 to 73 miles per hour within a specific coastal area within 36 hours. From tropical storm warning you have the hurricane force wind warning and that's sustained winds of 64 knots 74 miles per hour or greater not associated with a cyclone. And then you have the hurricane warnings sustained winds of 74 miles per hour and these are associated with a tropical cyclone. They will issue a hurricane warning about 36 hours in advance of the anticipated 
tropical storm force winds. Then there's other advisories you might hear. You might hear ashfall advisories, coastal lakeshore flood advisories, coastal lakeshore flood watches. You don't need to know these. Dense smoke advisory, freezing spray advisory, a gale watch, not a gale warning, but a gale watch, a hazardous sea warning, where the wave heights and steepness exceed a certain criteria, a hazardous sea watch, a heavy freezing spray warning, and so forth and so forth and so forth. You have a lot of different advisories that you may hear in the NOAA weather forecast. And what I would have received had they been able to warn me in the middle of the Atlantic when we had the knockdown would have been a special marine warning. And this is described as a warning product issued for potentially hazardous weather conditions, usually of short duration, up to two hours, producing sustained marine thunderstorms, winds, or associated gusts of 34 knots or greater, and or hail, or water spouts, and also for short duration. Again, this is for less than two hours. Now, we didn't see hail. Actually, I take it back. We did have hail in that very short, nasty wind that we had. We did have hail. If you go to a marine area, and there's a gale warning out, say you drive by a yacht club, a gale warning is going to be, you'll see on the flag at the Yacht Club, two triangular flags flying, one over the other. A strong breeze, which is 22 to 27 knots, would just be one triangular flag. And a storm would be a square flag, red on the outside with a black square on the inside, a single flag. And a hurricane, hurricane force winds would be two square flags, red with a black square in the middle of those, one over the other. The last thing I'm going to cover in this lesson is something you don't need for the ASA 103, and you really don't need to know in the United States, but everywhere else in the world, they don't give you weather forecasts based on wind speed. They give you weather forecasts based on the Beaufort scale or Beaufort scale. I'm not sure exactly how that's pronounced. But the Beaufort scale goes from 1 to 12. And when I'm sailing in the Mediterranean, we're always talking to each other in the terms of the Beaufort scale. 1 is light air. Less than 0 is no wind, calm conditions. 1 is light air. 1 to 3 knots. 2 is considered a light breeze, which is 4 to 6 knots. Three is considered a gentle breeze, which is seven to 10 knots. Four is a moderate breeze, which is 11 to 16 knots. And that's the ideal weather for my boat. A moderate breeze and a fresh breeze. And a fresh breeze is number five on the Beaufort scale. And that's 17 to 21 knots. Six is a strong breeze. And that would be 22 to 27 knots. Seven is a high wind, moderate gale or near gale, and that's 28 to 33 knots. Eight is a fresh gale or gale, and that's 34 to 40 knots. Nine is a strong gale, 
and that's 41 to 47 knots. 10 is a storm, and that's 48 to 55 knots. 11 is a violent storm, and that's 56 to 63 knots. 12 is a hurricane, greater than 64 knots. So the Beaufort scale from 0 to 12. That's what you'll get your weather forecast when you're listening to the BBC and other shipping forecasts. That's going to finish it up for this lesson. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in any of my study products for the written portion of the ESA 101, 103, or 104 examinations, please check out my audio products at the website medsailor.com. Also, you can find them in iTunes and in Amazon. Probably the easiest way is just to search for ASA 101, ASA 103, or ASA 104, and that should take you to where my products are available. My products are audio products. They're not written products. Or you can just search for my name, Franz Amason. Get out there and go sailing. That's what I'm doing while you're listening to this. Joe? You have something to tell me? No, I don't think so. I just got off the telephone with Bill Rutherford. Princeton can use a guy like Joe. What? Princeton can use a guy like Joe. His exact words. That's unbelievable. You're as good as in. I knew you could do it. Haven't I been telling you every once in a while, you just got to say, what the heck, and take some chances. You are so right. You made me very proud. I was just thinking. Where we might be 10 years from now, you know? <laughs>